Hi, I'm Rachel Monteleone and welcome to Kittypedia, the podcast. I'm not an expert. However, I do speak with them with the view of providing you with expert information and advice to help you be the best parent that you can be. Together, let's give children the life they deserve and a positive future. Hello and welcome. Well, we're here today with a guest unlike any other I've had the privilege of speaking to before. Today, we welcome our special guest, Alan Stevens, an international profiling and communications specialist who has been referred to by the UK Guardian as a leading authority on reading people and has also been referred to by the Herald as the mentalist meets Dr. Phil. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Very good. Thanks. It's my absolute pleasure being here. And I, I understand you've been um, on a regular basis featured on national television, radio, in the world's press, profiling the likes of our leading politicians, television and sports stars, as well as Britain's royalty. Now, wow is the first thing I have to say. And, first, and then following wow, of course, is congratulations on everything that you've achieved. Now, initially, you know, what can you share with us about all those experiences? Are there any common traits that you've really seen throughout, throughout everybody that you've spoken to? I'd love to know. Yeah, well, when it comes down to it, that uh, doesn't matter what role a person is in and then doesn't matter what age they are. Everybody has a, a personality and one of the things is the communications that we have conversations with uh, in corporate world and within the, uh, within the family. They are the same thing. Yes. In the corporate world, you take on a new employee. It's the same as if you've got a child at home. It's parent to child when you're raising children, getting that conversation across. And eventually we want to move that conversation to adult to adult. So as they grow up and mature, they become their own person. It's the same thing in the corporate world. When you employ somebody, you have to fit them into the organisation. You then want to uh, guide them through, get them to take on roles. So it's, again, parent to child conversation. But as they uh, grow, we want those conversations to go adult, adult, because while it's adult to child, you're working in your business, whereas once you have adult to adult conversations, as a business owner, you're working on the business. And isn't that the same thing that we're doing with our children? We want to grow them guide them to come become the, uh, the uh, people. Now, what does it mean that you were profiling the likes of leading politicians, TV and sports stars, as well as Britain's royalty? What does profiling actually mean? It means being able to read somebody and understand, first of all, their personality, how they like to take in and process information. Not so much what they're processing or taking in. The first part there is because we're talking about character there. We want to know their personality. If we know someone's personality, we know how to speak to them. Then from there, once we're speaking to them, we have two other skills, which is reading their body language and the expressions on their face. And so read their personality, speak to them. Instead of speaking the way that I want to be spoken to, I will speak to them in the way that they want to be spoken to. So I make that connection with them. And then I've got the feedback of their facial expressions and uh, body language that now tell me whether I've connected with them, first of all, is there something emotionally going on? And when they're talking to me, are they telling me the truth? So where some people use the micro expressions, little twitches on the face as lie detectant, detection, I use it not as lie uh, seeking, but as more of a truth seeker. I want yes. to know what's really going on. 
And when I put those together, I created uh, the process of rapid trait profiling by bringing those different skills together, which made it unique, which uh, had me uh, being contacted by the media who uh, profiled different videos of politicians and what was going on in uh, question time and all the rest of it. And then you know, the uh, British royalty as well is what was going on in that expression? What was that, uh, the, uh, that particular person feeling at that particular time? What were and the indicators so, I was giving away? And you've also worked with international clients, the likes of Disney Films and many other high-profile organisations mm. like the Australian Federal Police to help them understand how people tick. And we're about to deep dive into some really juicy information. And But before we do that, um, is there any inspiration that you could help and share with parents and teachers and educators that could enhance their ability um, to help their children reach their full potential. Well, this is for both teachers and parents and teachers in particular. You've got a room full of children. They've all got different personalities. I know that different profiling systems like DISC and Myers-Briggs will try and put the children and people into boxes. Yes. But there are no two people on the planet with the same personality. Even mm -hmm. twins have differences. So the more that we can understand the other person and change the way that we like to be spoken to to match their style, we make a connection with them. In particular, there are three uh, traits out of all the ones that I look at that at school, the, you know, depending on the combination, can be a really major problem for that child. They will not enjoy school. They will uh, be the ones who make noise and everything else. We mislabel them with conditions when they just don't fit the education system. Mm -hmm. So we can't change the education system because it's been there for, what, 300 years now. And in that process, you've got all those kids. You can't just have a whole bunch of different models that you're working with. But if you know the how to read that child, you know how to change the conversation with each one, and you do that on the fly. It's like if you know you've got people in the room, one's uh, visual, one's auditory, one's kinesthetic, you talk you know, visual words to one. Can you see what I'm saying there? It's the one yes. who's listening. Can you hear what I'm you know, Does it sound right to you? And the other one, how does it feel? You're getting yeah. a feeling for that. And they can then connect to what you've been saying. I take it out to a lot more information. And so each child then has a whole bunch of other traits and you can talk directly to those. So in that conversation, you know each child, you've got a connection with every child. If the children are engaged, they, they learn better, they enjoy school better, they're going to go home happier and they're going to uh, succeed in life a lot better as well. Yes. And so learning how to read your children and then changing the way and knowing your own personality, first of all. So that's what I do is I teach people, here's a continuum on each trait. Which end are you on or where on that scale are you? We work on that first of all so they know, okay, on this particular trait, I'm at this end. Rightio. Mm -hmm. If I read the other person and they're just on that side, I've got to change a little bit to talk to them. If they're way down here, I've got to change a lot bigger, a lot more in a greater range to be able to connect with them. But yes. I know that instantly as somebody walks through the, the door, how much space they need, how much information they need, how do I need to structure it, formal, informal language, whatever is required. Yes. Now, but we published your article titled The Keys to Understanding Your Child. Now, for someone who hasn't read the article yet, can you please tell us what it's about and what inspired you to write it? Well, it came back to um, that particular course that I put together, realising that there were a couple of traits that were always going to be a problem with um, uh, being able to connect with the children. And so by writing that, it was getting people to understand it's not a matter of changing the child because when we change the child, they're going to be uncomfortable. We're not going to connect with them. 
it comes down to us being able to read them and change and speaking to them in the way that they need to be spoken to. And if we do that, we're going to have a connection every time. And as I said, our job as parents, I raised three boys on my own. And so I really learned that I had to understand them more effectively. Mm-hmm. And now I talk about the three boys, you know, chalk and cheese, and I often joke that I'm t- still trying to figure out what the third one is. But, uh, <laughs> they're all grown up now as men and they've got their own partners and their family. Each have uh, two children each. So I've got six grandkids and they're of all different ages from 16 down to uh, what three months now. And so with that, and every one of those children, I can see have got a different personality. So if I'm sitting down with anyone, I will talk to each one of them differently mm-hmm. in, in relation to their style. And so I've got a direct connection with them very quickly. But I, I just wanted to flesh this out just a little bit more, and I know that you touched on it briefly at the start of the chat, but you mentioned in the article that you realised that while training and developing your teams the corporate world, that the conversations were no different to adult-child conversations and right. adult-guiding uh, directing the child, which is no different. Um, so I just wanted to flesh this out a little bit more. And you mentioned that had you known this earlier on, that, of course, you you may change some things in your life. Could you expand on this a little bit more for us, please? Yeah, well, what I started with back in those days was with body language and things like that. I was put in charge of a group of men who were older than me. I was 23. My second in charge was 38. So the first thing I had to do was to get them on site. So I had to be careful about the way I spoke because, you know, I'm 23 years old, know nothing virtually as far as they're concerned. And I had to get them on side very quickly. So I realised I had to be talk to them in a way that wasn't going to put them offside, that was going to connect with them. And as we went along and we brought on new staff and some of those then became younger than me, I realised that each person was different. And if I didn't speak to them in the way that each of them needed to be spoken to, I wouldn't get that connection. And so... I learned that the more one of the biggest mistakes people make in business is I'm the boss, I've given them a job, they're getting paid, therefore they should be thankful and they should work. Well, the whole thing is most of the stats have been showing that 87% of people in the workplace are disengaged. They don't want to be there. Now, the whole thing is if they're that way at work, they're going to be that way at home as well. You know, they're not going to be happy. And that's where a lot of the stress between partners comes in and that's why their kids aren't happy. They get domestic violence, you get bullying at school and things like that. This is the need to be able to communicate with the other person more effectively. You know then that you're connected with them. And I realised back in those days before I learned how to profile that each of the staff I had were different and I know that each of them had different things they liked to do. So instead of getting them just to do the job they had to do that was their title, I worked out what components they really loved and looked at the others and realised the others who had different components that they loved, quite often the things that one person hated, somebody else loved. Mm-hmm. And I could get them to work more as a team. Instead of just going out, each individual doing their work, they were doing part of the job, but then somebody else had finished that job off and everybody was happier. They communicated more. They talked to each other more. And I know when they brought time management out, that was one of the biggest uh, failures in business because they got rid of the water cooler, they got rid of the coffee sh- uh, machines and things like that because they didn't want people congregating. Yes. But it's two-thirds that of the conversation successful business are around that idle chit-chat. This is where we bond. And that's yep. when we bond with somebody, we want to work with them. And so, so that was necessary. 
We're parenting then. So from what I'm hearing, and tell me if this is correct or incorrect, but the, the key to understanding our children is to learning what makes each child tick, as you said earlier on, every child is different. And the Mm. first key to understanding people in general, especially children, is to create Mm. better and stronger relationships through recognising just their individual gifts and differences. Would that be right? That's exactly right. So you have the the trait which is somebody who just likes the overview, or you, like yourself, give me the overview first of all, give me the the least amount of information because I want to get from A to B. And you've got a child who is more analytical and needs more information and you tell them, well, I need you to do this and you give the overview and they're going, yeah, but what do you really want me to do? There's not enough information there for them. And they don't do it. So you come back and you tell them the same thing again and then all of a sudden they think, well, I'm, being, I'm not being told what to do and I'm getting into trouble for it. <laughs> and if the parent's the other way around, if the parent's the one who needs a lot of information before they make a decision yeah. and the child is one who just wants the overview, now when the parent's telling them everything they want them to do, they're nagging them because they're yes. giving them too much. Just give them the overview. Yeah. So if you can read that child's personality trait and know exactly how much information to give to them, in what order, in what structure, and they will get it the first time. Yes. And so they will, you know, and this is where you get rid of the stress between the parents and the child. You get cooperation and the children go, wow, I've understood. Yeah. And there's a closer bond to the parents because we know that between the age of, you know, preschool and primary school, up till about the age of 13, that's where all the bonding, the connection with your children comes in. After that age, as they're going to teenagers, if they haven't got that really strong connection with you in that early stage, they're going to switch off as they go into teenage years. Mm-hmm. And while you're trying to connect with them, you've got a, a really hard job of getting a connection back with them. So this all starts in the early ages. You know, I can profile a toddler. I can tell you what they're going to be like before they get to school. I can tell you what hobbies and sports will suit them. Before they pick their final subjects to leave school, we can give them an idea of um, what careers will suit their personality. And instead of giving them a job guide and say, read this, and it looks like a yellow telef- or white telephone uh, pages, we can then go, here's a few jobs that may match you. Uh, you may like these. And here's the job. Go, job, go and check these out. Now we're giving them a yellow pages. And from there, they can pick a subject that's attuned to their personality. Yeah. So then they do that study. They're more likely to go into that field and work in that field instead of doing a degree at university and walking away with a hex debt and never using it. <laughs> Which is all too common between many people. Um, I, I just wanted to read out a quote from your article, which I think really sort of touches on what, what you're just talking about. They're quote, quoting you, our role as parents and t- teachers is not to turn our children into what we think they should be, but to guide and nurture them so that they grow into the best versions of themselves. When we do this, we guarantee their happiness and future, which I second that um, to, the, to the cows come home. I think that is absolutely smack on. So I wanted to ask you now, in your words, what is a face profiler? Well, a face profile is somebody like who looks at you and from your facial features will know your personality. And to explain how that works, if you lift weights, you're going to build your body up. If you do bicep curls, you'll build your biceps up. You won't build your legs up if you're not working those. And at the same time, everything we feel inside, we express outwardly. And so, you know, if we're feeling happy or sad, we're going to express that. If we're feeling angry, that will appear on our face. So you put those two together while you're concentrating and thinking like I do, and I do this, I pull the the expression, I will build these muscles above my eyes. I'll get these ridges and crevices 
And so the ridges and crevices will appear because I do it over and over. This is the way I think. I'll look at something and really focus in on it. Mm. And so therefore your facial features become a history of how you like to think and process, which, as I said before, is your personality. It's not your character. It tells me when I look at anyone's face how they like to think and process information. When I'm talking to them, then I have the feed because that tells me how to speak to them. Then when I'm talking to them, as I said, I've got their facial expressions and I've got their, their body language that now tell me whether I've connected with them, is there anything emotionally going on, and how do they actually connect it to what I've said? And at the very far end, while they're talking to me, I can work out whether they're telling me the truth or not. So it's a combination of those four areas. Know their personality through their facial features, speak to them in the way they want to be spoken to, and that's where the language comes in. And then you've got the body language and expressions on the end of that that now tell you whether you've uh, read them right or not. That's what a profile is. And what's the science behind it? Well, the science, there used to be a belief that particular face shapes would be criminals and things like that. And they debunked all of that uh, because that's talking about character. But the science of where this has come in, this is one of the things a lot of psychologists have always gone back to the old term phrenology, which was that person with that bumps on their head would be a serial killer type thing. They threw that out because it was a load of rubbish. And a lot of psychologists had a problem with that. But when I explained to them about, well, the physiology, if you pull expressions over and over, you're using the same muscles in your face, the same as if you're lifting weights and developing your muscles there, you're going to create ridges and crevices on the face. And so over time, you build more and more information into the structure of your face. And in yes. that, it gives away your personality. And now, so that was the science of that. Now, with the micro expressions, the face has got 43 muscles. It can pull over, well, they believe about 10,000 different expressions, 3,000 expressions that Paul Ekman, who did the research on this, he and his team actually named. They actually go through all the muscle actions to actually create all of those. But there are seven expressions which are universal. Uh, anger, contempt, disgust, happiness, sadness, fear and surprise. And if you're feeling any one of those emotions, you'll have the corresponding expression on your face. Mm-hmm. And so we reread that. And as far as it goes, as young children, we needed to recognise someone's facial features. Is it somebody we know? Is it somebody that we shouldn't be anywhere near or somebody who was, a, you know, somebody that we could trust? Then we had the expressions on top of that. If it was somebody you shouldn't be, you know, that you knew but you shouldn't be around because it's not supposed to be a nice person and they're looking angry, well, put those two together, you should be out of there. Get away from them as quickly as you can. Mm. If it's a friend who's feeling angry, you might want to step in and find out why they're angry, what's upsetting them. Yes. So this is why the facial features and the facial expressions go right back to us as young children but also back into tribal times. As well. It's it's all about physiology. So just to second everything that you've just said, I just wanted to read another um, part of your Mm. section of your article. So quoting you again, here we go. What we feel emotionally, we show in our expressions and body language, and we know any muscle we work grows. When we think deeply, we express it in our face, we deeply, and we develop our different sort of features. As the eyes are the window to the soul, so too are the facial features the window to the mind. When you open that window and learn to look through it, you truly know your child. So that's that's really quite powerful, I, I felt. That's it. An example of that was I had a mother 10 years ago now because her son was six years old at the time. Mm-hmm. He had his Asperger's, the after-school care and the um, 
uh, teachers didn't want him in, uh, because he was t- so disruptive. Mm-hmm. I profiled a son for her. And at that time, and this is how well this works, he wouldn't sit still. So I got her to take some photographs and send me the photographs. So right. I said, facial don't change overnight. And so from that, I wrote a report to her on how she could, she should talk to a child. But also she took that and played the school and the after schools care against each other by saying to each one that the others were doing it. And if they didn't do it, it would fail and be on their heads. And because neither party wanted to be responsible for that, they put it in place. He was, uh, she was told that at the uh, age of six, he would never do presentations in front of the class. He had, his condition was too bad for that. Right. At the age of seven, he was doing uh, presentations in front of the class because the teachers and the after schools care and his mother, single mum, had spoken to him in the way that he needed to be spoken to. A year and a half later, they realised the uh, psychologist wasn't needed anymore and with the doctor's mm-hmm. approval, medication. At the age of 11, she, um, he said he wanted a, a birthday party with all of his mates from school because now he was from out of the special needs and into the regular part of the school. Awesome. Read it at first, but then she sent me a message saying it was noisy, but it was just a noisy boys' party. No problems mm. at all. <laughs> at the age of 14, yes, they had brought the um, psychologist back in, but it was a hormones at this stage. Of getting in, and I'll leave that area alone. I'll let the professionals work with that. And now that he's 16, and funny enough, I was at a workshop uh, just the other day, mm. and she was also in that workshop. We were both there as attendees. And uh, she just got up and sung my praises and told me, or she had said to everybody at first that uh, I had saved her son's life. And everyone looked at her and she said, yes, I was going to kill him at an early age, but Alan's uh, helped me to get around that. So a bit of giggling. But that's basically what happened. She was able to see him as he really is and talk to him in that way. As I said, the more you understand your child and stop trying to turn them into something that you think they should be, Yep. Because I guarantee you'll get that wrong. Yes. We've got so many unhappy people in the workplace. 87% of people don't want to be there. We mm-hmm. haven't done too well in, with our children. So if you then speak to them in the way that they need to be spoken to and you nurture them and you help them to grow into the, the best version of themselves, they're going to be happier in life. Yes. And this is what it's all about. And if we love our children, that's what we should be doing. Alan, from what age can we actually read children? <laughs> At birth, actually. So when you look at the traits. Really? Quite young? Yep. At uh, birth, there's about five traits I can see in the face immediately if they have those particular gifts. Get out of town. Really? Because your personality is made up of two areas. There's what we call nature and nurture. Nature is in the DNA, what's passed down from the parents. And as you notice, if you have, well, the joke about having three children, the first child is the one who sets the rules. The second child is the one they've created the rules for, and the third one ignores the rules. But if you look at your children, they all behave differently along those lines. And that, when you look at their faces, they may look similar, but they're not identical to each other. And each one has a different personality. Mm-hmm. So once we understand that and we connect with the child, we're able to then make that better connection with them. So I just went off with explaining that. I just went off on track on where I was going with that. No, that's okay. But, but that's fine. Look, and I, I, this is another section I really just wanted to, which is, I guess, sort of uh, flowing on from what you were saying earlier, and this is quoting you again. The first three things to understanding your child or anyone else for that matter is to first know yourself. 
Recognize your own personality traits and how you take in information and how much information you need and how you process it, especially um, with that and what what things uh, push our buttons. Now, where have you used these skills? In, In that instance, with that case, that little boy that you were just telling me, about before is that an example of that yeah see i profiled the the boy and then gave his mother the report but part of it when she got the report was to sit down with me and i take her through that report yeah and while we're doing that and i've talked about well these are the key because i do the child first i need to know where their key issues are or the the key traits that will actually give the biggest issue then i look at the mother and when that conversation if it's you know husband and wife or both parents are there i'll profile both of them yeah. And I'll go, right, well, this is how you like to take in information in, but this is how your child needs to take it in. It so you need to completely different things. Yeah. So if you're, as I said before, if the parent is somebody who's very analytical and needs a lot of information to make a decision and their child just wants the overview, the least amount of information, but when the, the parent is talking to them, they just think they're giving, because this is the way they like to receive information, lots yes. of it. But they're told, get frustrated with that because it's it's overkill. It mm. sounds like the parent's nagging at them. And so this is why know yourself first. So know where you are on the world scale. Everybody has a personal opinion of themselves, but how does the rest of the world see you? That's the first thing. And mm. once you know how the rest of the world sees you, then you can change the way that you like to be spoken to and you know the other person, you change to meet the way they need to be spoken to. So in the case of, uh, say, the adult, the the person who's got the, just wants all the information before yes. they can make it, they need to analyse it deeply. Yes. So they recognise the person they're talking to just likes the overview. Then what I would say if I was a person who analyses things, I would say to the other one, look, there is a lot of information here I'm going to give you, but what I want to do first, I'm going to give you the overview and I'm going to let you ask the questions that you need to ask to understand mm. it. But if there's something there that I think you need to know, and especially when I'm talking to adults, I'll say, well, look, it's all right then if I tell you that then. If mm-hmm. it's a child, I'll say, well, look, if there's something there that you haven't asked and I think you need to know, I'll tell you that then, okay? Yes. So now they know they're going to be spoken with. They're not going to be spoken at. So I give them the overview. They ask the questions they want to ask. And if there's something that I think that they haven't asked that they should know, that's when I'll say to them, look, remember I said before there might be something that you need to know that I think you need to know? And they go, yes. And they go, well, that boring point, well, we're there now. This is it. Mm-hmm. And I give them that as opposed to just bombarding them all the way through and them shutting off early because they know we're talking to each other, backwards and forwards, they're open to that conversation, they're listening to it. And that changes that connection, the dynamics dramatically in that one trait. So earlier on in the chat, you had um, prefaced and mentioned the four different, I mean, a lot of people in the corporate world and potentially educators as well, um, may be familiar with some of the personality profiling that you can do with your staff. Um, I've personally done the DISC profiling before, um, and I know there's a whole heap of others. So I just wanted to just expand on this just a little bit, just for a brief moment. So just to clarify, do you generally find that there are four different types of personality traits and types? Um, Is that what you're working to, or is it... No. I moved away from that. See, I worked with a company that was teaching currency trading. None of their students made any money, so they got me to come in. And in those days, before I was doing the face profiling, I was working with Myers-Briggs and DISC and all those different profiling systems, and we would ask people questions. And uh, they would then fill out the questionnaire and then we'd put them into whichever box they, they fitted. When we started teaching them how to trade, 
and especially when they put their money on the table and went live trading, they completely didn't fit their personalities. And when I asked a few of them, well, what's going on? Some of them said, oh, we tried to figure out what type of personality we had to have to be a good trader. And I'm going, no, we need to know your personality because you can act a different way when you're happy, but when you're stressed, you'll always revert back to your own type. And that's the one we need to know. We have to teach you so that you understand with your personality type what you can do and what you shouldn't be doing in your trading. Mm -hmm. Acting like somebody else is not going to work. When it comes to the facial features, um, when I, I teach people a, a smaller number, when I'm teaching practitioners in this, there's about 68 traits. And so when you look at the wow. combination there. Here I am talking having, about four and you're saying 68. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, with this, you take the extended version or Myers-Briggs, you have four different dichotomies mm. and then those combinations of that give you six, 16 different boxes you put people in. Mm-hmm. And the problem with doing that, there's a thing called the Barnum effect. And the Barnum effect, they had a whole group of people, they put them through a questionnaire type profile, which was about 16 different types. And they gave everybody a report at the end of it, an envelope and said, look, read this, do not share it with anybody else and do not say a word. Everybody go away and read it. They all read their reports. They came back and they went, okay, feedback here. Who agreed with their reports? And everyone's saying, yeah, I can see myself in that. That's me. That's me. Anyway, they got one of the uh, people to stand up and read his out. And when he stood up, he started reading it and everyone's going, but that's what I've got. Everyone in the room had exactly the same. And because when you've got small number of boxes, you will feel yourself in there. It's like one of the uh, two of the combinations yes. in um, Myers-Briggs, introvert, extrovert. There are times when I can be an extrovert. I'm naturally an introvert. But yeah. I'll vary on that along backwards and forwards. And so style. this is where the people, when I say to them, look, did you enjoy you know, that profile? Some people say, yeah, I loved it. And others will say I hated it. And I go, right, do you want to be put in a box and treated like everybody else who fits in that box? Or would you like me to come along and pick you up and take you out of that box and treat you as an individual in your own right, completely different to everybody else on the planet, be able to recognise where your strengths are and help you build those strengths greater instead of looking at your the downside of your traits and working on your negative side? You want me to put, you know, help you find a, a career, a relationship where you're going to be happy? No, so no doubt that this, this technique, your technique can help um, exponentially in that parent-to-child or educator-to-child relationship. But on the flip side to that, um, I mean, obviously when a child understands uh, face profiling as well, it's no doubt going to help in every one of their interactions in their life. Um, so, I mean, That's how right. old does a person really need to be to, to be able to understand this and to be able to read other people? Well, a few years ago, um, I gave an award away to uh, one of the business groups in Newcastle mm-hmm. and uh, the lady who won it, she'd been following me for a number of years. And in fact, I've been giving the award away each year for about four years. Mm-hmm. And the first year I turned up, she'd approached me and I profiled her granddaughter at the time was um, six months old. And each year I went back to give the award to the next winner. She kept on coming up to me and saying, what you told me that my granddaughter would be doing at this age, she's doing. And that went on and she finally won the award on the, the fourth year I, I gave the award away. And while we were training, she, she wanted two of the young staff to be trained, her grandson who was 15 years old and one of the boys who worked in the cafe who was 14 years old. Now the 14 year old, they did the master program and the 14 year old is a bit of a larrick and likable kid. And uh, he always teased and played up to the women who came into the, uh, you know, especially the older women who came into the cafe and I asked him how he was using it after the course. 
And he said, well, um, I'm profiling the teachers at school. And I went, how's that working for you? And he said, well, I'm stirring them more than I ever stirred them before and getting into less trouble. I know which ones to stir and which ones to leave alone. <laughs> and I went, well, that's probably not a marketing tool I can use. And I asked the 15-year-old and he said, I'm using it to profile the other kids. And I said, and how is that going? He said, well, I understand them now. And I said, well, what is that giving you? He said, tolerance. And I realised at that point I needed to start training younger. Then about uh, Christmas a year before, just over 12 months ago now, my uh, second oldest boy who was living in uh, Canberra at the time rang me and said that uh, he'd had one of my books that he, because one of the manuals, because he works with the federal police. And he said, well, uh, my um, daughter's, you know, Jessica and that to my granddaughter, she's uh, reading the book and we can't watch movies anymore because she's profiling all the actors all the way through the movie she's talking about. <laughs> and I went, so went down and saw her and all I got was questions. If you got this trait and you got that trait and you put them together, what happens here and all the rest? And I went, oh my God, she's already advanced. You know, she hasn't even done the course yet. So I asked her if she would like to do the master program and she said she would. So I gave her the manual and they flew out uh, just after they gave her the manual to uh, uh, Finland to see the other grandparents and while she was away I found out she didn't watch any of the uh, movies on the flight all she did was read the manual and she was looking around the airplane profiling all the other passengers so she has now um, finished my master program and in fact some of the homework that she's putting together is now going to make the language that I use getting out of my technical head and putting it into more common day language especially for teenagers yes. so we're actually between us She's now partnering with me to write some new manuals and also some flashcards that people can then learn from. Mm. And so 12 years old, she's blitzing it. So there's really no limitation to the age as such. You know, little toddlers, no. But primary school age, definitely we can work with those as well. Yes. So, um, and, you know, and, and as you just said, you know, it's, it's, it's great to be able to digest this and make this understandable for mm. everyone. So I just wanted to take out yet another part of the article, which I, I yep. felt really explained it again, how, how simple this, this technique can be once you've grasped it. So quoting you again, <laughs> the key is to understand your child's personality and how they need to be spoken to and treated and how that differs to you. And then with that and those differences in mind, the cha uh, to change the way that you prefer to be spoken to and speak to them in the way that they, they would like to be spoken to. It's only then that our children will respond to us in the way that we would hope. Now, really, it can be that simple, I guess, can't it? It certainly is that simple because, you know, think about it yourself. If you've got someone talking to you and they're not communicating to you in a way that you like other people to speak to you, you ignore them. You know, don't expect your children to do what you won't do. And so we need to be able to speak to them in the way that they want to uh, be spoken to. If they do that, they're always going to respond better. And yes. if they respond better, you've got a stronger connection and you're able to guide them the right way. And they will, as I said before, by the time they get to teenagers, children usually start to move away from their parents. But for the parents who really understand their children, they have a much stronger relationship when their children become teenagers. And the whole thing is, if you want a strong connection with your child, it's not about talking the way to them that you want to be, speak to them, speak to them the way that they need to be spoken to and always work more effectively. And you have mentioned as well that the, the quality of our life depends on the quality of our relationships. So That's it. overall, this whole 
uh, technique effectively is going to be able to improve their relationships um, exponentially on all levels. Uh, could you maybe expand on that a little bit more? It doesn't matter where you apply this in life. As I said, if you're able to read a young child, you know what hobbies and sports will suit them. You can then have that strong connection with them. You know what subjects will suit them before they leave school. You can then guide them through to the um, what careers would then suit them. Yes. They go out to work and they're going to be able to communicate more effectively there. They're also going to be doing work that they love to do, so they're going to be happier. And then uh, if they're happier at work, well, for the company, they're more productive because we know that when somebody's unhappy, their performance drops dramatically. Yes. If somebody who feels that they're being bullied, which is pretty much uh, the effect when you're micromanaged, performance can drop by 70%. And so... Yeah, you know, company wants to be more um, productive. Then speak to your staff in the way that they want to be spoken to. As I say, it's not the uh, customers come first; your employees come first. Oh, they're the ones. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So that works at that level. If the people go home from there and they're happy, then they've got a better relationship with their spouse. And if they're able to learn that skills as they're growing up, they'll use them as adults. Yes. And then they'll use it as adults, not just talking up to the parents, but then the, as parents and adults talking to other adults. But now they'll talk in that way with their children as well. And the cycle then repeats. So as I say to people, it doesn't matter where I insert myself and the skills into their life cycle, it's going to go right through the whole cycle and it keeps yes. continuing the next generation. Byron, I mean, what future do you see for face reading in general then? Well, I can see at the moment a lot of my courses are now being picked up as professional development programs. The different organisations have to do certain training each year to keep their professional status. Uh, lawyers, accountants, uh, mortgage brokers, real estate agents. Um, I've got a course there for parents, which is going to be uh, now put towards the education department so teachers can get their accreditations uh, and pick these skills up at the same time. And the more that this happens, the more that people are starting to realise, as I say, that if you had a building with a concrete slab and the building on top of it, you know, the building like, like, may look fantastic, but unless you've built the footings underneath that concrete slab to hold it steady, oh. then the building's going to crumble at some stage. Oh, I and couldn't agree with you anymore. The footings are your relationships. The relationships are the foundation of everything we do in life, and the stronger you make those, it's like a, a high a sky-rise building. It might be hundreds of stories high, but its centre of gravity is only in the first 10 or 15 floors from the ground. Yes, that's because the footings go down so deep. So the stronger you build your relationships with anybody, the more loyalty you have, the longer that relationship will last. If it's in sales, you'll get more clients will stay with you. They'll buy more from you. And you know, the relationships with your children is stronger. How many parents grow up, their children move away, and they don't see them again? And that's that I see as a real shame. So the relationships, there's nothing more important in this whole world. I get business saying, oh, I've got my systems. I've got to get my processes in place. I go, you can be fantastic at what you do, but nobody's going to uh, care because it comes down to people only buy from those they know, like, and trust. It's the same thing with your kids. They're only going to listen to the ones that they, they, if they trust you. And at the same time, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Yes. So if a teacher may have all that knowledge and wants to impart that to the children, once the children know that they care, the children will listen more. And the way that they get the child to know that they care is in the communication they have with them. So yes. relationships are the foundation of everything in life. Yes. You don't get those right, you've got nothing. Now, um, if 
families, parents, educators want to access your program, what, where, where do they go to? Well, the first place they can go to is directly to my website, uh, which is alanstevens.com.au. So it's Alan with a one L and uh, A-L-A-N and Stevens with a V. But they can also uh, contact me through there. But I've also got a training platform and I do have a, um, a special guest for you, a gift, I should say, for your uh, listeners and your members, which I'll give you the links to that. Um, there is um, a course that I have, which uh, is the one I'm putting up for school teachers and parents uh, or, or school teachers in particular for their accreditations. Uh, it's a no, 50% discount on that uh, particular course for them. Mm-hmm. But so you can have a look and jump straight into that or they can uh, get in touch with me and uh, discuss their particular situation further because, I, as I said, I do profile children and then do a report for the parents and help them work through particular issues that they may have. Yeah, so we'll have all of those links in the show notes, definitely. And this has been incredibly insightful. If you were to summarise, I guess, your key messages for anyone watching and listening, what would they be? Back to the three points there, as I said before, know the other person, know yourself first of all, learn to read the other person, then change the way you like to speak to match the way that they want to speak. But the same for one we've spoken to. But also remember, when it comes to learning new things, the most important thing that any of us will ever learn will be the next thing we learn after we think we know everything. Mm. So what you've heard today, don't take it as gospel. Go out, do your research, check it out. On my website, the number of testimonial videos on there from people in business, in mental health, in coaching, in raising children, from school teachers, etc. cetera. Uh, go and do your research. See uh, somebody who's speaking there about something that you've gone, you're going through and then you'll know how well this will work for you. But to but me, it research. makes logical sense. What you've, what you've spoken about today and what you've shared with us actually just makes logical sense as well yeah. to me. But, you That's know, it. as you said, it is for everyone to do their own homework and to be able to, you know, to make that decision themselves. But for me personally, it actually just makes logical sense. But I've really, really enjoyed this conversation today um, and very grateful for your time. And really hope the opportunity to speak to you again in the not-too-distant future. But thanks again. Thank you, Alan. Take care. Thank you very much. Bye for now. Bye. I'm Rachel Monteleone, and you've been listening to Kiddypedia, the podcast. You can have full access to Kiddypedia by visiting our website at kiddypedia.com.au or following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We're all here to help make the world a better place for our children and for generations to come. You can start today by helping us reach other parents by going to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thank you for listening and be sure to give my love to the kids.